nerds, you're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash the Nerdcore. We have tiers as low as $1 per month. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back, everybody, to the Nerdcore Podcast, the podcast where reviews, movies, and talks that nerd shit. This is episode 429, and as always, it is the nerdy chick on here to host the show along with my wonderful co host, Young Yoda. Why'd you do that, Brad? Because I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And as always, what's, well, not as always, sorry. That's how, what I always say, though, but like being joined by our wonderful co host, Gio. Ho-host, I'm here again. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, we are here today to celebrate Pride Month with you all as we review the 1989 documentary Tongues Untied from documentary or filmmaker Marlon Riggs. And uh, yes, I know what you guys are saying. Just one movie of the whole month alone? I'm like, yeah, you know, the schedule was messed up. We had to play catch up. But we said we got to give you guys at least one movie, right? Let's go. We got to make sure that we're here for it. And what move, none other than what movie than one of the movies that I've been talking for a long time that I've been wanting to watch. And I know that Geo, too, for a long time, is wanting to watch. And Brad found out that it existed until like the day I brought it up. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it's on brand. I mean, that. That's usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a movie. Sweet. Yeah, it's a movie, bro. <laughs> it, it definitely is a movie. Definitely a movie. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's what's it called. We're here to talk about Tongues on Tap before we get into any of that. I want to get to know what's up. Uh Brad, what's going on? How you doing, bro? Mm, doing good. You went to go eat? Uh Mexican food. Nice, nice. How's work? Uh, yep, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, I watched game. Willy's. I watched Willy's Wonderland today. Oh, I'm glad you continued with that sentence because I didn't know how to take that. <laughs> <laughs> um, not a good movie. So I'm Willy, hoping Willy's Wonderland, and you're yeah. you're surprised it was not a good movie. Yeah, but Sunday we record our episode of a uh, Cinema Condition of Stalker, so I'm hoping that I redeem myself with Stalker soon but um <laughs> fucking hell man was wonder wonders willy willy's wonderland not good wonders willy. wonders willy mm, yeah, that's wonders. a different movie totally yeah uh geo what's up how to, you doing i'm gonna today, have to man? search that one up yeah i'm all yeah. right i um worked today and we had um com- like i'm um, not a search committee but it was more like um staff interviews for a position for like for a position at the office um i'm also like i'm a little bit like nervous because like i have been looking forward to this particular episode since like since like you you talked about it in like february like no like late january early february yeah and yeah and we're we're here now (laughs) yeah man um so 
for those who like, I've been wanting to watch a Marlon Riggs film for a really long time. I remember being taught, being, I've heard about Marlon Riggs from my documentary filmmaking class. This is pre-pandemic time, so I was sitting there, and you know, my 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 professor brought up, you know, this film. He's like, "Oh, this is a very groundbreaking film that kind of like really changes the whole idea of how you make documentaries, and like introduces like she talks about how like." I, I I could sh- I would show you all this, but I gotta like what's it called get to showing some other movies before I can show you experimental stuff, and then of course the pandemic happened, so we didn't get to watch this movie. But like um, you know, we she brought this one up, and, she, and I'm like, this sounds so interesting. And I was like, you know, I just constantly had it in my head, and I just never got around to like watching it. And then of course Criterion, you know, finally announced the what's it called the uh, signifying works of uh of Marlon Riggs box set that they're doing. And um, I'm definitely going to be picking that up now because I want, yeah, I want to see what this looks like restored because I can only imagine what they did to how they restored this one because, you know, uh, it's a little rough around the edges. So I want to see what kind of work they did to restore it. But uh, what's going on? Wonders, <laughs> Wonders Willie, Nicholas Cage is, is in other movies he stars. <laughs> the man has an Oscar and he makes movies like Willie's Wonderland. But um, yeah. Does anybody ever mention that Oscar is from like 1995? Yeah. No. Just. Yeah, Yeah, man. (laughs) That thing's older than me too, man. Brad's older than that Oscar, though. Yeah, I'm older than Oscar. Brad said me and that Oscar were uh, we had we shared a childhood. We were best friends. Yeah, we were best friends. (laughs) We went everywhere together. Played in the sandbox. And then after 1995, just a lot of other things started to happen. Oh my god, man! But um, yeah, man. I just uh, I've been looking forward to this, and I'm glad that uh, Geo can join us for this one. But um, what's what's going on, Geo? How how's it? How you feeling about finally getting to do this one? I feel good. Um, like very like impactful. Um, like I always like forget that like this film that like his work is like shorter than like like what I would think when you think of in terms of like a feature length um and but like man there's so much to unpack yeah well without further ado I guess we can't stop playing can't, can't stop being around the bush let's go ahead and just get into it right yeah um so without a further ado if you've never seen tongues untied from Marlon Riggs then this is your chance to stop listening or else you're going to get spoiled. But, you know, I should really start to, like, clip what Berg said on, on Monday, dude. It's like, this movie's been out since blank. What's it called? Insert year. Uh, you know, y'all had time to watch this movie. Well, well, um, Ferris, um, that's what we're about to get into after the spoiler warning. Yeah. So if you don't care about spoilers, you can go ahead and stop, keep listening. But if you do care about spoilers, this is your one and only spoiler warning. And it is, in effect, in a five- Four, three, two, one. <laughs> you ever wonder how I can actually, you know, spoil uh, a person's experience or like a community's experience? Like, I don't know why I have to give a spoiler warning for this movie, but I guess somebody out there in the void of the people on the internet will be saying, I never got to watch this movie, you freaking idiot. Why'd you spoil it for me? So let's go ahead and just, what's it called? Uh, I'm probably never watching this film. Ferris, we got to get you, you to watch it. You should definitely watch it. It is yeah. very, like, it's a very powerful and impactful film. Yeah. And, like, quite frankly, like, a true, like, fully, like, a piece of art and expression. Yeah. 
But uh, Ferris doesn't say that because he doesn't want to watch a movie. He's just said, like he has like so many movies he already has to watch. <laughs> That's yeah, true. yeah. Ferris, Ferris has a lot because, like, we we'll, we'll be in film clubs, and Ferris is like, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about. Like, what what movies are these? And it's like, I gotta watch these. But um, let me go ahead and do this, guys. It is an absolute travesty. It's blasphemy that this freaking this entry in Wikipedia is only like three sentences long. But you know what? We'll make what, what we've got. Uh, I'll probably like read the criterion. What's it called? The uh, description too. Cause I've been doing that on yeah. between the frames as of late um, for, I haven't been doing Wikipedia entries for between the frames. I would, I'll do the tongues untied version on there too. Um, so tongues untied is a 1989 American experimental documentary film directed by Marlon T Riggs and featuring Riggs, uh, Essex Hemphill and Brian Freeman. The film seeks its in its author's words to excuse me shatter the nation's brutalizing silence on matters of sexual and racial difference to celebrate its the 30th anniversary of the Teddy Awards the film was selected to be shown at the 60th 66th Berlin International Film Festival in February 2016 um, it is also important to note that um uh, what's it called uh, that Marlon T. Riggs did die of AIDS in 1996. I want to say six, if I'm correct. I've got the thing right here, right? Uh, 94, actually. Yeah. What's it called? What's it called? He died of uh, eight from the AIDS from AIDS in 1994, and uh, he was a uh, he was a filmmaker. He was an educator. He was a poet, and he was a gay rights activist. And he did a lot of movies. And they're not that long, honestly. They're pretty short films, but you know they're still very impactful in what they uh, present within their short time frame. Let me go ahead and get what's called um, the the what Criterion has to say about it because, like, I feel like it has a better words than what's it called um, than what Wikipedia has to say with their three sentences. Yeah. Um. Mm, mm, all right, let me get this going in here. Made in director Marlon Riggs' own works to sh to shatter the nation's brutalizing silence on matters of sexual and racial difference. This radical blend of documentary and performance defies the stigma surrounding black gay sexuality in the belief that as long as, as shame prevails, liberation cannot be possible. Through music and dance, words and poetry by such Path-breaking writers as Essex Hemphill and Joseph Bean, Bean, and by turns candid, humorous, and heartbreaking interviews with queer African American men, Tongues Untied gives voice to what it means to live as an outsider in both a black community rife with homophobia and a largely white gay subculture poisoned by racism, a lightning rod in the culture wars of the 1980s that incited a right-wing fear. Furor, fur, furor over public funding for the arts. The film has lost none of its life affirming resonance. That is uh, Tongues Untied from Lion Riggs. And as always, Criterion gives way better descriptions for these films than Wikipedia does. Um, yeah, yeah that's, it is true that very, very much Ferris is just doesn't have time to watch all these things. But um, Let's go ahead and go around. I want to go ahead and get our guests first, you know, just to be nice and, you know, let the guests go first. Um, Jill, what did you think of Tongues Untied? Hmm. 
think Brett was. Yeah, I was going to argue that point roll. I think Gio should give his last after us. All right, cool. Then, um, Brad, you go first. Uh, From the film, uh, like Gio said, very powerful, very impactful, um, brilliant documentary. And uh, what else do they call it? Like a documentary mixed with a, um, what, theatric flair? Yeah, kind of, you know, because it has its it has its performances with within inside of the film. Yeah. But like it's docu- it's very experimental. It's very very experimental. Yeah, but it, it hits every point it's trying to yeah. make. It, yeah. it it goes into the lives and I I just love some of the scenes where it's like you asked me, you know, wh- which am I more? Am I black or am I gay? And that's like asking a man like you want to get rid of your left nut or your right nut? Like, like yeah. either I'm both. So, um, yeah, I, I, from what I can say, I can't really, you know, I, I can't really relate fully with the movie, but I can still see how powerful steel, see how this should be shown like everywhere. Yeah. For people to, to at least to get some understanding on, you know, what these men had to go through and, what you know much of society is still going through yeah so that's that's where i'm going to leave my comments yeah um so i watched this and i and like throughout the whole thing i'm remembering a thing that that specifically geo said throughout the review of the final episode of falcon and the winter soldier and uh it's also something that i remember uh steve mcqueen discussing about his first film in the small act series uh, that notion of neg- of legacy, you know, not letting the legacy die, you know, like soon an- the ancestors stories are just going to become stories. You know, they're not going, they're not going to be like present experiences or past experience. It's going to become just stories that we have to tell. And that a notion of having to make sure that they're alive within the community that it's representing. And I'm watching this and I'm just thinking about like, all these, all these men who, you know, who, who died because of the AIDS uh, epidemic and, you know, and a lot of and a lot of what is being said in here, but also just the beautiful nature of way that the that the film is kind of crafted within its experimental nature, but also its very poetic form of, of, of filmmaking. That is like unlike a lot of things that I've watched within documentary. You know, I've watched a lot of documentaries. I've watched Samsara. I've watched you know the what's it called um, um, the story, stories we tell, you know, I've had like all these different, these documentaries I've watched, but nothing to me has ever stood out the way that the, that this film stood out to me in a way that I don't feel like I was watching a documentary per se. I felt like I was watching an, a, like a transformative experience in a way, uh, an experience that was, that was, um that was, you know, telling you, you everything that has to be told, but, through the nature of a poetry and through, you know, um, through the snaps, you know, what, what something as like simple as like the snaps was so beautiful to see it there and how, like how much that meant to them as, as, um, as um, with the snaps. Yeah. Um, and I just, throughout this film, I just, I was just absolutely um, amazed at what Marlon Riggs was doing and just how, he was able to just craft such a beautiful movie, but very, very transformative in the way that it's presenting the narrative. So, uh, Gio, what were your thoughts on Marlon Riggs' 
Marlon T. Riggs, uh, t- uh, Tongues Untied. I feel like I, by the end of the movie, I felt like someone like put a mirror up to my face and like said like, hey, this is who you are. Are you ha- are you okay with that? Like, is this like the person you are? There's the parts that you should be proud of, and you know you're proud of, and you've become comfortable with. But then there's the other parts where like you're still not sure about. Um, be- so this film, very like, yeah, we- we've all said it impactful, like and like transformative, and like and like it's also incredibly personal. Um, it is like a mixture of Marlon T. Rick's like personal life in as in in conjunction with like pieces from Essex Hemphill and Joseph Beam and like the experience um his experience and the experience of um black queer people in um in New York and in like in the midst of the AIDS epidemic um at its height. Um at the same like it's also very like relatable to me being black and queer um because uh i fully like i've i've every like the one where he's talking about like this being called this name versus being called another name and like listing slurs and then like that ending of um finding like the kindness finding kindness in like a, a white a white man's eyes and like mm-hmm. that sending like seeking comfort somewhere else and not being not feeling comfortable and not seeing yourself in the in media and not seeing like not not even kind of like not wanting to look yourself in the face um brothers or brother as it were and i've i've lived that i'm i've tussled with that with my with my life being black and like my experience as a black man trying to figure out like am i like finding like pride in myself and like being who i am and and like like juxtaposed versus the people around me how they behave and who they are and who they're attracted to and deal i still deal with like a like a, a good amount of shame and like Shame for ever like feeling not proud of myself, but also shame of like remind having to kind of like sit and remind myself that like it's okay to be me, um, that it's okay to like that like I'm allowed to be to healthily be myself, um, because as Marlon T. Riggs mentions in the documentary, there are ways in which like you turn towards somewhere else because you can you can't be you don't feel safe where where you should because you don't feel safe around other black people because because of this or that um because of these I- identifiers because of these differences in interest um and that leads you in other places it can lead you to drugs it can lead you to uh, to, uh, to unprotected sex it can lead you to situations in which you you have to hide your identity behind a mat behind a mask um for safety or or for um the uh, a semblance of comfort um Riggs talks about cruising which um like in modern day like 
I think cruising gets like cruising and what well let me explain cruising. Cruising is when <laughs> um it's hey, a not part, a lot of people know what cruising is, yeah, bro. <laughs> cruising, yeah, cruising is when like when he talks about like golf in in like when the film um talks about like going out into the night with the cologne and searching for a man who might be a killer, just someone to like hold you in the night. Um it's that's cruising, seeking casual sex from a stranger, trying to seek comfort from a stranger, um, which isn't me like shaming casual sex. It's just that there are there's a number of dangers in doing that, and like some of those dangers, you you um, ignore the dangers because you're seeking that comfort from somewhere from somebody because you need it so bad because you don't you don't feel at home anywhere. You don't feel like there's a place for you in that moment. Um, cruising isn't a thing I've, I've personally experienced, but I know it's a thing like with friends of mine and um, the larger community, queer community um, have done that. Like there's terms like talking about like being down low um, and all of these different because that because queerness hasn't hasn't been accept wasn't accepted for a long time and still not accepted in many places and um, especially still even still now like in the black community and in like black church isn't accepted you go somewhere else that's not safe because you're looking for you're looking for home and that that increases the risk for disease um, and it like makes a marginalized group more marginalized and more susceptible to danger all on top of already danger as which is like as seen in the AIDS ep- with AIDS it's that's what like the the connotation of AIDS being because of homosexual sex it comes from that the increased risk of danger of contraction from cruising li- from cruising lifestyles and ignoring the dangers of situations. Um, like I said, I really felt I really felt seen and confronted um, about like in particular about like my attract my interracial attraction. Um, to people, um, and I'm like I'm still sorting that out, trying to figure out like, okay, like where am is this fully me seeking something else? Like, am I trying to seek the arms of someone else, the kind eyes of a white man who sees me as 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 queer and not as black? Um, and that the the answer is is complicated. Um, because of it depends on the person, it depends on the relationship, um, and it depends on like comfort levels between people and, and a matter of communication. Um, but this film says so does so much and says so much in what fifty eight minutes. Yeah, fifty eight minutes. Like I, there were I had to pause multiple times. Cause it was just so intense, and I was like, I know I, I I was I knew I missed something. I missed something so crucial, or I need to hear that back again to make sure I'm on the same page of what's going on here. 
And while it's talking about the troubles, it's also talking about the joy and the um, those moments of feeling, feeling love and feeling connection and seeking connection and and like being black, being gay, being a revolutionary act of defiance in itself. That that joy is defiance as much as the work of active activism. Um, and um, I have a pin on that goes like every breath is defiance. And like this film says so much about like that's like the like the thesis of the of the film yeah. is that like the all the trouble, despite all the trouble and all the stress and the of racism and homophobia and and the dangers of sex and disease and um, I, like dealing with identity, finding who yourself, who you are, is so important, and defying the people hating hating who you are and not wanting you to be happy. Being happy is defiance. Yeah, I of course uh, cannot bring up this film without discussing the controversy that was around it at the time um you know this was supposed to air on pbs and then of course what's it called um there was this whole thing about like oh that this 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 is what the taxpayer monies are being you know being uh, spent on and so forth about calling it pornographic and blasphemous and you know um and i i constantly go back to the idea of the um you know of the film the filmmaker's responsibility of, of uh, you know, as 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 a young Kurosawa was shown the perils of of humanity and what humanity happens, the the filmmakers what's it called responsibility of showing of pointing the mirror at society and showing what's going on, and especially in some in a channel like PBS, which is you know public broadcasting, you know, is where you can where you show that important stuff because it's not restricted by a network you know, breathing down your neck. You know, it's supposed to be the, the stuff that's informative for the people. And um, it, to me, it, it, to me, it is absolutely revolting that, that, you know, you must reach to a college class to even hear about this type of film. And how like, this isn't something that, that is shown to young people because once again, I go back to the thing that we're saying, you know, they're, 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 the ancestor stories have to be preserved. The legacy has to be preserved or else, you know, that's all they're ever going to be. It's going to be stories and not legacies that need to be discussed. And um, I, I find it just, you know, um, of, of course, you know, there there's always going to be, you know, an agenda to wanting to call these things as pornographic or, you know, or blasphemous, you know, it, it of course came from a Republican, what's it called? Uh, a presidential nominee at the time. But, um, you know, I just, I, I, I re I read through this and I'm just like, there's, you know, if, if it's being, especially like, you know, I'm pretty sure if this was going to be shown on PBS, it was going to be shown around like the eight o'clock time slot when mostly, if you don't want your child to watch this, they're asleep by that time. They should be asleep by that night, that time, especially because it's a school night, you know. But you know what's it called? It's not art. It's not the job of the artist to you know to to coddle 
the 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 viewer and to make sure that they protect them from what is they need to be shown. You know, they they're pointing the mirror to the to to the viewer. They're showing them what exactly is happening, and um, you know that's why I I look at this. I was watching this movie and I just I just felt it so transformative. And it's like you know here's here's a you know a, a revolutionary black man, a black queer man who you know is is laying it all out there for you. He's not just giving his experience, but he's giving the experiences of, of those who are no longer with him in his life anymore. You know, the, those who he lost and he's giving you all that. And he's like, you know, take, take this information what you will, but I am giving you my experience in 100% in, in its raw nature. One thing that stood out to me, especially was, you know, because of course, Brad, you and I are, are big fans of Eddie Murphy. We love Eddie Murphy. And when it's talking about like that whole stand up bit, it reminds me Murphy what skull came out and even said like, I understand what, what happened. I was wrong for that. And I was like, I, I hurt, you know, you come to the point where you understand that you hurt people with what you have to say. And that, whole community. And, yeah. And that's why he felt like, you know, Murphy now speaking about, it, he's like, you know, going forward, my standup is going to look very different and uh, how, you know, it All shouldn't, right. it shouldn't be a whole idea of cancellation, more so a period of reflection on what our words what's it called mean when we speak them out into existence yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of just eddie murphy continued that toxic masculinity in a way yeah through that and he was what early 20s when he did that stand-up yeah and no no really excuse but at that time too at that age yeah. i don't think people understand just what their words can do yeah. And, you know, of course, Eddie Murphy, the, the older man that he is now, was able to sit down and finally realize that, like, yo, what's it called? That that wasn't, you know, I hurt a lot of people. And, you know, now he's kind of set on himself on this road of, you know, like, I'm going to change what happens now. And I'm going to make sure that, you know, that he doesn't have to put people in that position there ever again. Because, you know, it once again, it does affect the way that you see yourself on that screen. And, um you know, it's called, um, as Gio always talks about, you know, the, the Rainbow Coalition, right? Um, something that I, what's it called? Um, I, I took from this that really spoke to me was that feeling of not belonging to either community, you know, you know, and, and that, and that idea of what, 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 I can't remember specifically what he said, but vanilla was all that I saw, you know, it was all vanilla. It was in, in, in it was dressed in vanilla and how like, you know, your feeling of, you know, not being X enough for this community, but not being X enough for that community. And you find yourself just existing in this weird space where you're like, well, where the hell do I belong? And, you know, of course, with time, you realize exactly where it is and, and how, you know, it does, it does, it doesn't matter whether you're enough for either side, you are just enough for both in your own mind. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just I, I gotta say, man, this movie is just incredible. I um I, I can't I want to buy this set. I need to buy this set. Um they're high digital transfers, so they're not like 4K digital restorations, but you know, I'm still gonna buy these. Like I really wanna watch these uh these other ones because he's got a lot of other movies that he's that he's made. And um I think that it's really important that we kind of preserve and it's once again what I love about Criterion, like preserving these stories so that way they can make sure that they're put on a platform where it's being able to reach the mass audiences that it might not have been able to reach in 1989. But now because of, you know, us having more accessibility with streaming services and such, 
we're able to talk about these films. And, you know, hopefully this may not be the only podcast that talks about Marlon Riggs, uh, what's called Tongues Untied. Maybe soon, let's go in a couple of, in a couple of uh, years after this box set comes out and more people are able to own it, they will be seeing more discussions on this because uh, I feel like this is really important to be shown, uh, not just not just in the classroom, but, but just required viewing out of anybody. Um, Gio, you got anything else left to say or you know, let me, Oh, yeah, we got the lucky peach in here. Yeah, Hold on. Ahead, Gio. You sure, Gio? Yeah. Well, okay. I'll go. yeah. Yeah. If I can find my fucking <laughs> mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Go um, ahead and go. I'm looking like, for my mouse. Yeah. I was like, it's definitely like, we talk about like representation a lot. Um, the representation isn't just like here, they're on screen now. It's about like, it's about, Hey, this is who, this is who we are. Like, these are our stories. Um, not just about the stories that are going on now or a sort of story or a, um, uh, a trope. It's about like the real thing. Like documentary is so important um, in, in that way. And I, I fully like I should be watching more documentaries myself. Um, the story, our stories are so important um, uh, and sharing them so that they continue in that legacy um, uh now, when I said the word legacy, I remember what I said at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Legacy is so important. Like, legacy is like when you have nothing else. It's like the legacy is what you what you keep going. Um, because we don't all, we, like, what's it? Like, I heard in church all the time, because tomorrow is not promised. But, like, you can live on through, like, we live on through stories as, like, as human beings, as a species, we live on through stories and through history. And so the way these, the sharing those, um, whether that be like critical race theory, folklore, documentary, that's so important so that we can all continue to progress. Um, with Eddie, like, like Eddie Murphy, um, uh, it's not about condemning the jokes. It's about moving forward and progressing and being better because the um we fucking live in America the whole thing is supposed to be innovation and success and progress and moving forward innovation leads to to further innovation and iteration 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 until we continue to progress ever forward manifest destiny so share the fucking stories make them available in the same way, in the same, hold on, I'm using a prop now. In the same way, I had to read Cannery Row in 11th grade, and we and we talked at my Catholic school, and we talked about abortion. In the same way, we should be talking about talking about AIDS, and talking about how it decimated an entire generation to the point where even now a 30 year old gay man is called an elder. Instead, and that 30 and beyond, because the idea of living past 30, because an, because so much of a whole generation of queer people were taken out and died because of AIDS, because care was not given to them. Their stories are so important. There are a number of people who are working to put the stories, who, to bring the stories forward, and you can do the work too in your way as well. Um, uh, Google is free. Google is free. I think this just shows, and we've we've said this before: is communities tend to put themselves in a bubble, 
They don't experience anything outside that bubble. And this is what you have to do. You have to experience different cultures, different races, different sexualities. You have to learn about all that. That's what we should be doing. We should be learning about all of this. We shouldn't just be ignorant that people are different. Man, I just, what's it called? I, I think, like, just before we go into the, what's it called, uh, the scoring and just um, talking about what's it called, uh, the, what what Rachel says, you know, I, I was reading, I read the article today about what's it called, um, about when, when Abbas, when Kiarostami and, and Kurosawa met, and, um, you know, Kiarostami brings up that Kurosawa said, um, films should be made with hearts and experience with hearts. And I just think that that's what this movie was like. It's it's made with the heart of a very revolutionary man who's willing to put it all there, and it should be experienced with you know opening that opening your heart to a different experience from other people. So uh, let me go ahead and read what Rachel has to say. Too many people don't realize or don't care about how dangerous their words are to communities, and then and when called out on it, refuse to face their own faults. Uh, and then refusing to acknowledge how they've hurt communities causes more harm. Um, the, we need to face the past head on to in order to progress. And yeah, and and you know, and in a lot of it, like what's it called? Like we said, with the, there's it's not about what's it called uh, being condemned. More so, it's about reflecting on what on what we've we've said before. And you know, a lot of us. A lot of people too, you know, what, what is something that I've heard a lot of my friends, what's it called, who grew up in harsher situations of, of what's it called that I, that I didn't grow up in say was, I didn't have time as a young kid to learn about this stuff. Like I was too busy trying to survive, you know, and that's why it's more important right now that I'm learning to like better what I think, you know, instead of being stuck in the past. But, you know, it's, there's also about being patient with some people who, you know, in, in their youth, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have the opportunities to, you know, read the books and stuff and uh, didn't have the opportunities to learn more. And they're learning now as an adult and uh, being able to progress with that as well. But, um, you know, this is this is incredible. This is um, this is, you know, this is absolutely a, a, what's it called? The groundbreaking cinema. It's, there's no way that there's anything else that I can say that doesn't bring it bring to um, bring to words how much I need you all to watch this. You know, there's a lot of great LGBTQ films to watch during during what's it called Pride Month. Of course, you've got the wonderful Moonlights. You've got you know you got what's it called the Happy Together from One Car Why. I think that you all have need to make this recommended viewing very soon. If you if you are if you've been waiting to watch this, set aside those 58 minutes that you need to put to watch this. If you if you're if you're bored and you don't know what to watch and you want to watch some more LGBTQ cinema, this is something you need to watch. This is soon right down the bat. You need to go ahead and watch this. Just soon, soon, soon. Open your third um, eye. Open your th get your tongues untied. Get your tongues untied. And uh, I'll say before we go ahead and leave, what's it called? I that that final poem was just absolutely beautiful about him having sex with that man. You know how like like that the constant anxiety at that time. I don't know if there's a hole in the condom. You know I don't know if what's it called. I'll end up with the disease. Like it feels so right right now, but like I don't know what will be the consequences later. It was just beautiful, beautiful poetry. But um, I'm gonna go ahead and give this film a nine and a half out of ten. I I, I need to see this new transfer. I really I feel like this will really cement itself as a masterpiece that I feel like it is on a rewatch when I see this new 
version and put it on my TV and really immerse myself into that experience. But, you know, the experience that I had right now was just like, okay, get this done so I can review it, but also experience it. I want to sit down and really, really kind of consume this movie to, so I can feel everything that I want to feel from this, that this film is trying to make me feel. I just, what's it called? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a nine and a half right now. Brad, where are you going to go ahead and give um, Tongues Untied? Um, it's generally not often where I do this. Um, it's generally where I don't understand a movie where I do this. This movie is too important for just me to give it a score. So watch this movie. Watch not, this movie. I can't yeah. give it a score. Yeah, I guess I just have to be one of the oddballs. He just has to give it the score <laughs> just to stay with the brand of the podcast. Uh, Gio, what are you going to go ahead and uh, give it if you want to give it? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a score. So when I first watched it, I gave it like four out of five. But like, yeah. you know, being able to unpack, you kind of like feel you kind of yeah. think a bit more about like the book, mm-hmm. the, the film and like how you're feeling about it. Um, And so, yeah, like in this conversation, I like I'm. I'm giving it the same as you, Raul. I'm giving it a nine and a half out of 10. And that half is really just because there's like, because of its age, there's like a few like audio things um, of like weird blending. But other than that, like this is, this, this is, this is what, what like everything and more of what I like, what I expected Um, and fully like, you know, art is supposed to show yourself and like, it confronted me in so it confronted me in such a way. And like I, I felt so seen. So yeah. All right, man. Once ago, it's been a pleasure to have you, Jill. As always, we thank you all so much for being in here. We had Ferris, we had Rachel, and we had Stacy for one comment. Well, Stacy's always here, man. You know, mm-hmm. let's go. We always appreciate Stacy's, Stacy's. Stacy's that ride or die. That ride or die, bro. That ride or die. You know, Stacey it's just like Stacy a pro. A deep pro, bro. Stacy the uh, pro. Stacy deep pro. Yeah. Um, we want to thank you all so much. As always, we want to thank our wonderful patron, patron, patrons, patron supporters. You know, thank you all so much for being being here with us and being able to make these shows possible. We want to thank our producers and our writers. We want to thank our wonderful, wonderful associate producer Sarah. Thank you for being here for with us for such a long time. And Brad, we want to thank our wonderful executive producer Shane, who I won't skip over this time. You can follow our friend Shane at twitch.tv slash XSRK or on Twitter at XSRK underscore. Also, go purchase something at thrifted.io.com. Support the suppy god. Yeah. You know, if I was any type of asshole, I would just be like, I'm not going to promote Shane. He doesn't even get frick. He doesn't even listen to the episode, but I'm not. The man pays. The man pays on time all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Man is getting his own home, getting married soon, and he still finds a way to give us $15 a month. Thank you, Shane. Jesus Jesus Christ. That's a hustler. Uh, That's a hustler, bro. Uh, Brown Rice 96. Thank you, Bryce. As always, you can find him at Brown Rice 96 on all platforms. Thank you so much, Bryce, for being a writer. Oh, man, I'm so looking forward to Genesis in two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah that, ain't, that ain't gonna be as impactful as this movie, that's for sure. Oh no, there's no way it can be, bro. <laughs> um, uh, we want to thank also our wonderful Tony. Hey, Tony. Yep, real nerdy dad, and real nerdy dad on Twitter, and uh, Gio, and uh, for being our wonderful guest here today. You want to let them know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me in a few places. Um, on Twitter, primarily at Media Martyr Seventeen, M E D I A M A R T Y R One Seven. Um. Link tree in the description for all the places I am on the internet. 
um, including, and I'm writing it, I'm writing it next week. Um, I'm starting writing my reviews for, for the Nerdcore website. Um, it'll be once or twice each month. Hey, hey, there we go. The first one will be three short films by Marlon T. Riggs. Hell yeah, baby. All right. Can't wait to do some reading and you all should definitely do some reading too. It's not on here on this, on this, on this, what's it called? Uh, on this overlay, but it's a nerdcore.com. Go and check it out. Um, so with that being said, Brad, we go ahead and tell them that next month we will be revisit. Well, not revisiting. We'll be visiting for the third time in this podcast history. As we continue on with the filmography of the emperor himself, Akira Kurosawa. And um, we have an extra week. You know, it's going to be next month. You know, we have to finish next week and then we'll start our, our month of Kurosawa. But, um, you know, I, I let's go ahead and just get it over with, Brad. Let's go ahead and show. Let's go ahead and see who's going to get the uh, what's it called? Uh, the, the picks. So um, let me go ahead and read you all what we've we chose this for this month. Um, I went ahead and I chose. Um, San, Sanjuro. I chose Sanjuro because we've already done Yojimbo and I really want to watch the second part. So I want to watch Sanjuro. But then I decided I wanted to choose Dersu Uzala, which is the one that he won the best foreign language film Oscar for. Uh, it was his Russian movie that he, he filmed out in Russia. Sounds going to be different. Yes, yeah, it's going to be crazy, bro. Um, and of course, for my Patreon mini, I am choosing his first film that he made in color. The Dodes Dodes Kaden. I, I do not know how to say it, so I'm sorry. I'm just gonna pronounce it the way I see it. And uh, Brad chose uh, I Live in Fear, The Bad Sleep Well, and of course, um, his one of his last movies he ever made, Dreams, which I've already watched. And I am really hoping, honestly, that Brad wins the coin toss because I really want him to watch this one. I never Got won the coin toss though, ever. Yeah, you never won the coin. You I always win the, win. The, the win. I, I win the wheel thing, so I'm gonna manifest that you win this coin toss. Yeah. All right, all right. So Kurosawa, I loved Kiki Delis the wrong person, bro. Stacy, I love you to death, so I'm gonna let that one slide. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Brad, let's go ahead and see who's gonna go ahead and get the picks for next next you month. You call it, sir, all the time. <sighs> Come on, man. I really want you to watch your dreams. Uh, I'm going to go with Keds. Keds. Son of a bitch. I never All fucking right. win. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> that's, that's okay. We do have an international film month. Yeah, that's very up. true. Very I'll true. fucking dreams then. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man, dreams. Look, man, if Criterion, if y'all don't make these damn movies into a box in the next two years, I'm just going to have to start buying these fucking movies, you know, individually. That's what because, I did. Somebody. Because yeah, I really <laughs> want that as a box set, but, like, I really want to own Dreams and watch that now, there, again. There is a DVD box set, yeah, but, that, it, that it, thing but costs it's like so 500. out of stock that it's, like, $2,000. <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm good. <laughs> All right, man. So... Next month, we'll start off with Sanjuro, and then we will. the week after, we'll do I Live in Fear, and the week after that, we will do Dersu Uzala, and we'll close out with The Bad Sleep Well, and then on Patreon, you can look forward to a Patreon mini of Dodes Kaden. But next week, we're still playing catch-up since we still have an extra week of, uh, of June. 
So we're going to be doing Rumblefish for um for what's it called um Rumblefish for the Francis Ford Coppola month that we didn't finish. But here's the thing. It's going to be streaming live on YouTube under, you know, YouTube and Twitch under, you know, the mini pod episode. But audio version is only going to be available on the Patreon feed. So if you want to get the, what's it called, the audio version, since we're trying to make sure that we have enough, you know, content supply for next week, we're still going to make it exclusive audio only for Patreon. And I'll get you in the door. Dollar gets you in the door, and an extra dollar gets you that episode. Gets you that episode in its audio. Fucking fuck you, Brad. I live. I live in mini pot land. Yeah, Brad. Have have you decided? Will we do Luca on Thursday, or you want to do the bling ring to finally play catch up? Let's play catch up. Let's do the bling ring. Bling bling. Okay, let's do bling ring. We'll do bling ring on Thursday next week. Same situation. Live on Twitch and on YouTube. It's going to be on video, but if you want the audio version, you're going to have to go to patreon.com slash nerdcore, pledge $2, and uh, and you'll be able to, to listen to the audio version of that. So, of course, without further ado, it's been a lot of fun. Gio, it's been a wonderful time being here with you. And, uh, you know, recently we've been going longer with these episodes. Uh, we did it for Satyricon, and now we went longer with this one. Well, Satyricon, we were just confused for like 50 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, hey. Sometimes it's good to get confused. Um, you'll see us. We'll see all three of us tomorrow for the Nerdcore live show. There will be no live show on Sunday because hopefully, crossing my fingers, Brad and I can do our, our episode of Stalker for uh, Cinema Condition. And that will be streaming live to you all if you're a patron at the $1 tier on patreon.com slash nerdcore. Dollar gets you in the door. Dollar gets you in the door. And then on Wednesday next week, you'll get that publicly for everybody. But... Um, what does Stacy have to say before we get out of here? Um, I would watch that pay-per-view, by the way. <laughs> Rumblefish? That's a new WWE event, isn't it? It's 30 fish in the cage and Roman Reigns still goes out. Yeah, yeah I, I would watch I would watch that pay-per-view. Just he throws Roman Reigns the, punching a salmon. He throws him over the camera and makes it look like he hasn't. the guy hasn't landed. People's elbows. Yeah. You've, heard sword of, fish. you've heard of Royal Rumble? Now listen to Papal Rumblefish. <laughs> Hell yeah, bling ring. Y'all give me into wrestling. All right, Brad. It's been a wonderful time. Send him out, dude. All right, Roland. Thank you, host, as always. Thank you for our ho host joining us today, Gio. Ho host. Thank you to all those who joined us in chat today. We appreciate each and every one of you. Also, thank you to all our listeners, all our Patreon supporters. You guys are great. Love you. And in this episode, I'm just going to say rest in peace to Marlon T. Riggs. Young Yoda out. Stacy, I know you're not in there. Give me some time. I got to update the list.